Hey, hey, everybody. It's Nearby of SeerlandGrapeJuice.com. I am Nearby on Twitter. I am Nearby on Instagram. I am also Nearby standing near the DJ booth, all puppy dog, sad-faced, because I should be the one DJing the final dance at Degrassi like I did previous years, like Radich was doing. Anyway, speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Degrassi, buddy. This is episode 23. <sighs> so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty since we're not going to be doing the next generation stuff. However, I have an idea, but I'll talk about it at the end. It's time for Degrassi, buddy. We're going to be recapping Season 2 of Degrassi High, Episode 12. This one entitled, Three's a Crowd. Air date February 4th, 1991. Degrassi, buddy, also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Serialandgrapes.com. Yeah, anyway, we start. Snake is playing Airplane with Emma at Spike's house. As Spike watches and she's loving it. Spike tells Snake that she that he needs to put Emma down, and they need to get to work on their presentation. They get to work, and Snake then looks at Spike. He grabs her hand, and he tells her that he's crazy about her. He tosses a bunch of papers aside, and he kisses Spike, who is then snapped out of a dream by Snake and Emma. Spike apologizes and says that she was just thinking, and we get the intro. A little foreshadowing here. For uh, the next generation, people loved it. Well done. Uh, anyway, after the intro, classes end, and once again, Amy and Allison, surprise, surprise, they don't have dates for the upcoming dance. Even though they've supposedly been asked by, by dudes, but Allison says that they have standards. Spike and Snake then congratulate each other on a well-done presentation. They part ways. Spike keeps watching Snake. As she is then interrupted by Liz, Spike then imagines what it was like for Snake to find Claude's dead body, and that it was unfair that it was him because he's so nice, and he's smart, and he's cute as he drops his books all over the place. Spike then says that she'd love to go to the prom with Snake, and Liz tells Spike to just ask him. We then cut to Michelle and Alexa, as Michelle is also ogling Snake from afar. Michelle tells Alexa how unfair it was for Snake to have to be the one who found Claude. Alexa then says that Michelle, if, if you like Snake, if she, yeah, she asks Sna- Michelle if she, if she likes Snake, and Michelle says, yes, well, of course she does, man. Well, she, well actually, no, I was going to say they, she went out with him. Well, she, I wouldn't really call what they did before a date. <laughs> uh, it was more like, uh, fine, let's go out on a date. <laughs> anyway, Alexa then suggests that Michelle ask Snake to the formal. But Michelle thinks that snakes will say no because of their last date. You know, talked about it that on an episode of Degrassi, buddy. The infamous I'm fine date. (laughs) Ah, poor snake. Uh, Alexa says that that was months ago. And she says that she's seen snake looking, sneaking looks at Michelle. They then walk past Snake and Joey and they say hi to him. Joey then tells Snake to ask Michelle to the prom. And Snake says that he's not ready but then he thinks about it, and he thinks it'll be good for him to have some fun. But he doesn't think Michelle will go out with him after their last date. And Joey says that that was months ago, and she probably doesn't remember. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Anyway, Joey then says that he's seen Michelle sneaking looks at Snake, which excites Snake as he watches Michelle enter her class. And we get a gust of wind blowing in her hair. <laughs> uh, perfectly timed. Well, well, well done sequence there with the wind. Because, uh, yes, I, I, as, I've, as I've mentioned a few times, I crushed on almost every Degrassi female back in the day, and Michelle was one of them. 
And at this time, yeah, man, that wind in the hair, that was very well done. And I have to wonder if that was intentional or if it was just by luck, the blowing of the hair. But it, it worked. It was it was straight out of a freaking uh, shampoo commercial. <laughs> For real. Anyway, later, Tessa is helping Yik with his math in the library. When Yik grabs Tessa's hand and he tells her that she's got a sexy mind. And he loves a woman with brains. Yik then asks Tessa to the formal. And Tessa doesn't know what to say. Yik then leans in to give Tessa a kiss when Alex shows up. Breaking Tessa out of her fantasy. That's right, another fantasy. Alex tells Yik that he was telling Tessa that he hardly gets to see her, gets any alone time with her anymore. Hinting that Yik needs to take a hike, and he does. Tessa then tells Yik, see you later. And Alex gets all uppity, and he replies, Later? You mean later today? <laughs> Tessa tells Alex that Yik is way behind, and Alex accepts. He then tells Tessa to guess what today is. But Tessa gets frustrated as she doesn't know what today is. Alex tells Tessa that it's their three-month anniversary. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, the ridiculous things that people celebrate. Come on. Uh, and we never saw any we never saw any couple any couple's stuff between these two since they started going out a couple episodes ago which I thought sucked back in the day I was happy that Alex and Tessa got got together man but we never saw after that we never saw anything between them we we, we heard a brief mention of it from Alex uh, in that uh, all-nighter episode so yeah it was hard to to feel any pity Anyway, Alex pulls out a little box and he gives it to Tessa. She opens it and there's a ring in it. Tessa kisses Alex kisses Tessa on the cheek, wishes her a happy anniversary, and he says that he hopes the next three months will be just as great as the last. <laughs> uh, if you say so, man, because we didn't see anything. <laughs> so it's probably not hard to top the last three months. <laughs> probably one date. <laughs> anyway... Tessa does a little smile, and she says nothing, and she closes the box <laughs> without putting the ring on, which gets a weak little smile from Alex. <laughs> oh, dude. <sighs> we then cut to Spike, who's in the library. She walks up to Snake, and she asks him to the prom. And Snake starts laughing his ass off. <laughs> And all the other students in the library start laughing their ass off as Spike is then awakened from another daze. Snake's laughing was just awesome here. His facials... <laughs> uh, Stefan Brogan, well done. The facials of the laughing... Uh, well done. Great, great, great. Well done, Snake. Anyway, after Snake snaps, snaps Spike out of her daze... Or so after Spike, sorry. You know, their, their names are almost spelled the same. After Spike... Snaps out of her daze. Liz tells her to go and ask Snake to the prom. Sna uh, Sp Spike gets up and walks over to Snake, who's studying. And she asks him if he's going to the formal. That's right. I don't. Here in Canada, we call we call it uh, we don't call it prom. We call it formal. Uh, I never went to any formals in high school, so yeah, I don't know what they were like. But that's what we call it. We don't call them proms. Anyway, Snake. Snake. Come on, Snake. Says that he might go with friends, but he isn't sure yet. Spike then suggests that she and Snake go together, which gets a surprising reaction, reaction from Snake, who accepts. Spike returns to Liz, and she's all excited and happy. Later on, Yik tells 
Yik and Tessa arrive for their next class, and Yik thanks her for help with the math. Alex is already in the class, and he asks Tessa if she'd like to have lunch with him. And she says that she can't because she promised to help Yik study, which upsets Alex as Tessa reminds him that it was Alex's idea to help Yik in the first place. And then she sits down where Dorothy tells her that, that Tessa has been spending a lot of time with Yik. Tessa says that she's just helping him, but Dorothy doesn't buy it. As Tessa, 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 these names, man. Tessa says that Yik isn't her type because he's wild and he's unpredictable. Whereas Alex is reliable, dependable, and solid. And he wears a jacket with shorts. <laughs> no, but you, you know what I mean. <laughs> that old song and dance. They, yeah, they don't want the bad boy. Sure you don't. Anyway, Yik then walks past Tessa and smiles at her and she smiles back. Arthur then taps Yik on the arm and reminds him that Tessa is Alex's girlfriend. Alex is these names, man. Tessa is Alex's girlfriend. Yik says that she doesn't... That uh, she doesn't... Yik says that he doesn't like Tessa. And then Luke chimes in and says that Tessa is kind of cute. She was another one of the Degrassi girls that I crushed on. Yik replies that Tessa's a brainer and totally not his type. He then looks over at her and he smiles and she smiles back. Later on, classes end and Amy and Allison, they play a game of rock, paper, scissors, which Allison wins. Allison then... Uh... Her victory was that she gets to go up to Nick and ask Nick, that douchebag, you know, Dwayne's friend, and ask him if he has a date for the dance. When Tab, That's when Tabitha shows up and says that, yes, Nick does have a date for the dance. Allison then says that she was just doing a poll for the school newspaper. Come on, nobody buys for a second that you're on the school newspaper, you idiot. And she wanted to see how many people were going and hurries off. Like, these two were rock, paper, scissoring. Well, not that kind of scissoring. <laughs> they were rock, paper, scissoring over who would get to ask that friggin' asshead to the prom. Think about that for a second. I mean, there's probably some girls out there who thought Nick was good looking. But he was a, he was a douche and a half. Come on, man. But look who's asking him. The female version of douche and a half. Anyway, later Snake is walking down the halls... Or the school's main ramp. When he drops a bunch of papers everywhere as Michelle and Alexa look on. Michelle is still nervous, but Alexa forces her to go and talk to Snake or she'll regret it. Michelle and Snake greet each other. And she pulls him aside to talk. Michelle asks Snake if he would like to go to the formal with her. Which surprises and excites Snake. Until he quickly remembers that he's already agreed to go with somebody else. He apologizes to Michelle and she accepts and leaves. Uh, it was so, it was so sad seeing her. Like she smiled, but it was such a fake, heartbroken smile. Uh, anyway, Michelle returns to Alexa and tells her that Snake already has a girlfriend, but he, she doesn't know who it is. As Snake is visibly upset about his predicament that he's now in, when he would obviously rather go to the formal slash prom with Michelle. Meanwhile, Tessa is once again helping Yick study in the library when he gets a math problem correct. And they celebrate and hug. Yik calls Tessa the best tutor. Quickly looks down to his notes, then back at Tessa. And they give each other a little kiss on the lips. Tessa then appears a little unnerved and, un and, and rattled. Grabs her books and quickly leaves as Yik sits back down with a big smile. And I was thinking while watching this episode back uh, uh, the other day. 
that is just crazy how far a lot of these characters have come, especially the ones who've been in since the beginning, like Yik. How he and Arthur started out as these just nerds and outcasts, and now Yik is just this cool freaking bad boy. Whereas Arthur uh, wears shirts with no tie and it looks ridiculous. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, we cut to Spike, who's helping, who's modeling a dress at her house that she intends to wear to the formal. Emma's there with her. Well, obviously, it's her daughter. And she tells Spike that she looks like a princess. And Spike picks Emma up and dances with her. The next day, students are arriving at school as Snake tells Joey that he doesn't want to go to the dance now. As he's got two offers... And Joey jokes that Snake is a studly guy. Snake says that he didn't know Michelle wanted to go and he can't break the date with Spike because Spike asked first. Well, exactly, eh? Snake's a good dude. Joey then tells Snake to talk to Spike and explain the situation. Since she did only ask as a friend, she did say that. You know, she, when she asked him, she said, as friends, as friends, you know, the F word that most guys don't like to hear, but it's just the way it is. And, uh, Joey says that Spike will understand. And Snake agrees with Joey. And Joey is envious about Snake having two girls asking him out. We then cut to Spike, who's at her locker. And here comes Snake. <laughs> Hi. I asked my mom to babysit. She said no problem. I have to admit, I'm really looking forward to this. I haven't been to a dance in so long. No? Why not? Are you kidding me? With a baby to take care of? This is special. Yeah, well, I... I think it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Snake can't catch a break at all, man. The predicaments. I mean, a lot of us dudes would love to be in that predicament, but... Good dudes like Snake. Ugh, man. <laughs> oh, uh, he, he couldn't even get a word out. Spike was just so happy. She's just, she's just off in dreamland. And what can you, can't, what can you say? Yeah, uh, it's going to be real fun, I guess. Anyway, we then cut to elsewhere in the halls where Lucy, Nancy, and uh, Dickhead Dale from the... Uh, from the nobody wants to, nobody cares about girls volleyball, that guy. They're handing out flyers for their, their campaigns for student council president next year. And behind Dale, Amy and Allison are talking. And Amy is wearing her puffy cheese ball sweater that she's worn before that looks ridiculous. And Amy starts to walk towards Dale, but Allison stops her. And she tells Amy that she saw him first. Amy says that Allison got to ask last time, but Allison doesn't care. They both start to walk toward Dale when another girl shows up and hugs him and gives him a big wet kiss on the lips, stopping Amy and Allison in their tracks. And I'll tell you, I don't remember this little angle back in the original air date happening at all, so this, unless I'm mistaken, this was on the American viewing. I don't remember these two, but it's great. I mean, these two characters play these snooty friggin' stay away with 50-foot pole girls perfectly. Well done. Anyway, we cut to the girls' washroom where Tessa is discussing, discussing her predicament with Dorothy. And she tells Dorothy that Alex is really nice. You know, that's the N-word that will not be N-word. That's another N-word that uh, no guy wants to hear. Yeah, that's, that's the other N-word. 
Anyway, <laughs> well, not that we don't want to be told that we're nice, but that's that's usually the sign of, you know, next comes the F word. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, Dor- Tessa tells Dorothy that Alex is really nice, but they've been going out for three whole months. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, like, like, what? what is that? What is what is the three-month anniversary? Like, the ring pop anniversary? Like, anyone remember those? They still have now the ring pop, those candies they that the rings that are like shaped like big diamonds and you suck on them and yeah three whole months oh my god god help any dude who marries the tessa character anyway tessa says that she really likes yik and dorothy tells tessa that you know you're gonna have to break up with alex then but tessa isn't tessa not tessa tessa isn't sure though because she doesn't know if yik likes her the way she likes yik which shocks dorothy yeah come on and she asked Tessa, well, you only break up with a guy if you've got a backup? Exactly. You tell her, Annabelle. Anyway, Tessa sighs. And, Dor- and she tells Dorothy that she's right where she is. And Tessa says that she's got to be fair. And she's going to tell Alex that it's over. We then cut to class where Luke is congratulating Yick on kissing Tessa as Arthur is shocked. Yick tells them that it was Tessa who kissed him. Luke laughs and calls Yick an animal. And Arthur smacks Luke and says it isn't funny as Luke smacks Arthur back and Arthur smacks Luke back again. And it was it was I liked seeing Arthur and Luke bust each other's balls. Like that as it meant that because it meant that Arthur was accepted into their their little the little fold with Luke, who always you know, Arthur's a nerd. So I liked seeing this little back and forth, you know, ball busting smack on the arm between Arthur and Luke. It was great. Anyway, Yick says again that Tessa kissed him and that he hasn't done anything. Tessa then arrives and Luke and Arthur leave her and Yick to talk. Tessa starts to talk to Yick about yesterday and Yick interrupts her and says that it shouldn't have happened. Tessa apologizes and says that she was planning on to break up with Alex anyway. Class then begins as Alex arrives and he gives Tessa and Yick a bit of an evil eye as the three of them then sit at their desks and they exchange looks to one another. <laughs> Later on, Tessa, during class, she gets up from her desk and she walks up to Alex. Alex, we need to talk. What about? Us. Look, it's just not working. I think we should split up. Am I glad to hear you say that? I've been thinking the same thing. Why don't we just be friends? Sure. In fact, you know what? I've always thought that you and Yick would make a fantastic couple. I'm serious. Oh, Alex! You're such a great guy. I know. (laughs) Oh, and I love the little waves between Alex and Yick. (laughs) And it's funny, like, Tessa... Of course Tessa would imagine that Alex would react that way because he's so nice. That's what nice guys do. You know, when you break up with a nice guy and you tell him that, you know, I think we should see other people, a nice guy says, you know, I agree. You should instead go out with this guy. Toodles. (laughs) Bloody hell. Anyway, the bell rings and Tessa wakes up from her days. Another days sequence. She goes to Alex and asks him if he got a minute. Alex says, sure. Tessa then tries to talk, and all she can get out is she wanted to thank Alex for the ring. 
<laughs> but Alex, his facials are like, yeah, I know you want to say something else, but whatever. I guess we'll get to that later on in the script. Anyway, we then cut to gym class as Arthur and Yick are getting suited up to play some lacrosse. Still shouldn't have kissed her. She said she would have broken up with Alex anyway. You should have waited until then. Arthur, come on. I can't help it that we like each other. These things happen. So what are you going to say to Alex? What can I say? He's your friend. Don't you think you owe him an explanation? Yeah, it's not like you won't find out. I got nothing to say to him. Hi. So, how are the tutoring sessions going? What's that supposed to mean? Learning a lot? Alex, look, I'm sorry. It's not my fault she broke up with you. She said she's gonna do it anyways. And she kissed me. She started it. Tessa, my girlfriend, kissed you? Didn't she tell you? Tell me what? I get you a tutor, and you steal my girlfriend? I didn't steal her. Oh, what do you call it? Least to buy you kissed her. Watch it. No, you watch it. I thought we were friends. We are. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. Yeah. I bet. Again, it's hard for me to feel bad for Alex in this situation since we never saw anything happen with him and Tessa since the episode where they got together. But back in the day, this this like this this yick was not cool with me for for this because I liked that Alex, the the well the the nice guy slash the loser, got the cute girl. But then Yick came along with his bad boyness and screwed it up. But yeah, not that uh, not that uh, Yick is cool now, but or Alex is cool now. But Alex and Tessa, they they were no snake and Melanie. I'm still bitter to this day, and I will forever be bitter that we never got proper closure to that. Even a continuation. Why couldn't Snake and Melanie be another Simon and Alexa, only not a stupid couple? Anyway, we then go to the library where Michelle is searching through some books, and Snake arrives. He pulls Michelle aside, and he explains the situation with Spike. And he tells Michelle that he would really rather go to the prom with her, meaning Michelle. And while this is going on, Spike and Liz are also in the library and they are hearing everything as Spike is now upset. And it's funny how loud they were allowed to be in the library, Snake and Michelle, but you know, suspension of disbelief. I mean, the, the very few times I go to a library, I'm, I'm scared to even clear my throat for a second. That's how friggin' paranoid I am about uh, breaking people's concentrations in libraries, man. Damn. Anyway, we then cut to Spike at home as she's looking upset as she holds her prom dress in her lap. And Emma comes and she gives her a big hug. We then cut to the next mornings as students are arriving. Amy and Allison are there as Allison complains that their dateless situation is a disaster. As they have asked all of the seniors except for the mega dweebs. Allison is upset that they're going to miss the dance. But I don't understand why that means you can't go to the dance if you don't have a date. Why? Why? Is that a rule? As I said, I never went to any proms or formals. Surely that was not a rule that you had to bring a date. Come on, man. But I guess for clowns like Amy and Allison, if you don't have a date, you can't go alone because people, you just assume people will, 
be talking about you all night. The arrogance of these two. Bloody hell. <sighs> anyway, Allison is upset that they're going to miss the dance, but Amy smiles and says that she's not going to miss the dance. Allison is shocked, and she asks Amy who she's going with, but Amy smiles and tells Allison that she'll have to wait and see. Meanwhile, Tessa is waiting for Alex to arrive, and when he does, she pulls him aside and apologizes, saying that she didn't want to hurt him. Alex asks Tessa why she doesn't like him, and she tells Alex that she does like him as a friend. She didn't add the friend, but obviously that was left out of the script. <laughs> oh, as a friend, the three words that you don't want to hear, male or female. <laughs> She then gives Alex the ring back, gives you know, gives him back his ring pop. <laughs> uh, as dramatic music plays, as if the viewers are supposed to be heartbroken over all the good times between Tessa and Alex that we never saw. Seriously, I mean, they they could have made a few more episodes, but ah, uh, man. Anyway, Tessa, Tessa asks Alex if they can still be friends, and Alex says no. He walks away in his sport coat and full jeans. That's right, he wasn't wearing shorts this time. He's spartaned up. Maybe that's why she dumped him, because he doesn't wear jeans with his sh- or shorts with his jacket anymore. <laughs> Anyways, meanwhile, Spike is talking with Michelle. No, Snake. See the name. Snake is talking with Michelle when Spike shows up. Michelle attempts to leave, but Spike stops her and says that she'll only be a second. Spike tells Snake that she can't go to the prom now. Because she has a family thing to go to and she forgot. Remember that, everybody. Spike tells Snake that she cannot, cannot go to the prom now because she has a family thing to do that she forgot about. Remember that. Snake says sorry and that it would have been fun. Spike starts to walk away and Snake tells her that it was nice of her to ask him out. And Spike turns and replies that it was nice of him to say yes. And that's when we get the credits. Uh, don't worry, Spike. There's always some other generations. Wink, wink. Spoiler alert. Snake and Spike get married and have a baby in the next generation. Anyway, that was Grassy High Season 2, Episode 12. And we now move on to the series finale. Grassy High Season 2, Episode 13. Should have gone one more season at least. But I do remember back before we continue. I remember back in the day reading... I think it was Kit Hood who was interviewed and was asked, why are you ending it now when the series is so awesome? And the answer was, quit while you're ahead. And I hated that answer then, and I hate it now. Anyway, episode 13, season 2, the series finale of the Grassy High, entitled One Last Dance, air date February 11th, 1991. One of the darkest days in television history. <laughs> We start in school where we see a group of people taking measurements of some school windows and they've got blueprints. Lucy and the twins walk by and they tell the twins tell Lucy that even if she doesn't win the election, at least campaigning was fun, but Lucy doesn't totally agree. Lucy really wants to be school president next year and the twins tell her that she will be. Dwayne then arrives at his locker where Tabby and Nick are waiting. Well, they're there. That's where their lockers are too. Nick asks Dwayne... If he's heard the latest news, but Dwayne hasn't heard the latest news. Tabby then tells Dwayne that someone at the grassy has AIDS, which startles Dwayne. Tabby then says that nobody knows who it is, and it's scary. And Nick imagines what would happen if the person touched you, and they should get the student out of school 
which Dwayne pretends to agree to agree with, as Nick says that somebody like that could kill them all. And we get the intro. After the intro, class ends and Lucy is still nervous about the election results. Mr. Radish then comes over the PA and announces Lucy as the winner. And she and the twins celebrate with other students, including Bronco, who shows up to congratulate her. We then cut to the cafeteria where Joey is talking with Snake. When Caitlin says hi to Joey and he says hi back. They remark, about, they remark to each other about Lucy winning the election. And Joey says that he voted for her too. And they part ways. And then Snake tells Joey, you never voted. And Joey says, I know. <laughs> anyway, Maya then asks Caitlin if she detects something starting up with Joey again. But Caitlin denies it. We then cut back to Joey and Snake. And Snake asks Joey when he's going to ask Caitlin to the formal. And Joey says that he needs time. And Snake reminds Joey that tomorrow is the last day of school before the exams. Meanwhile, Dwayne is preparing a hot dog at the counter, putting some ketchup and mustard on that baby. When Dumb and Dumber, Amy and the Allison show up and start wondering who at Degrassi has AIDS? Who do you think has it? Amy says that she hopes the school finds out soon uh, who has it because she doesn't want to catch it. <laughs> God, yeah. You see, that's how dumb that's how dumb we were back in the day, okay? Morons like those two thought that you can get AIDS just by touching somebody. That's how completely ignorant and misinformed people were about the old AIDS back in the day. And I'm sure there's people out there like that now still. Anyway, Allison and Amy then joke that the school will find out soon enough because you can't keep a secret for very long at Degrassi. They leave. Dwayne shakes his head. And then he looks over at Joey still sitting with Snake. And then we then cut to a scene in the boys' washroom that never showed on the original Canadian airing back in the day. Oh, you relax. You always do great. Yeah, it's because I always study. Yeah, well, maybe you should study a little less. Maybe you should try a little harder. You probably do. I'm looking for you. We have to talk. Now. Okay. Look, I'll see you later, all right? Yeah, sure. So, what's the problem? I guess you heard the rumor. Someone at Degrassi has AIDS. Look, I didn't tell anyone. Someone did, and you're the only one who knows. Oh, come on, man, you must have told other people. No one. Not even my parents. Come on. Come on, man, I didn't tell anyone. You gotta believe me. Then who did? I don't know. Look, they don't know it's you, right? No. Well, then it's probably just a rumor. Or maybe it's someone else. It's a big school. No one's going to think it's you. I come here every day and people treat me normal. It's all I've got. Look, I didn't tell anyone. Good afternoon, students. As you know, exam time approaches. Please be sure you have checked the schedule for exam times and locations. Seriously, they never showed this scene for us in Canada in the original airing back in the day. I'm positive they didn't. Because I remember thinking that Dwayne was going to think Joey told everybody and just kick his ass. So, But they didn't show it. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. 
Anyway, later we cut to classes, which end for the day in special ed. Nick tells Tabby that if he finds out who the one with AIDS is, he's going to bash him one, which Tabby agrees with. She can't believe she's going to school with somebody who has AIDS. Nick says that the guy should be kicked out, and Joanne interrupts and asks Nick how he knows it's a guy. And Nick replies that AIDS is referred to as the gay plague. Joanne tells them that AIDS isn't just a gay problem anymore and that her mom works with AIDS patients. Nick then jokes, if you want to call it a joke, (laughs) that he was going to kiss Joanne, but she loses. And Joanne replies that she wins. (laughs) Exactly, that friggin' loser. Friggin' Nick. Anyway, she she then tells Nick and company that AIDS is pretty hard to get from kissing and that you have to drink about six liters of saliva to get it. And she leaves. Nick then turns to Dwayne. I don't care what she says. People with AIDS should be rounded up, locked away. Get them away from me. How do you know it's not one of us? Oh, yeah, right. How do you know it's not me? Come on, Dwayne, you're weird, but you're not a queer, man. Sick and tired of hearing crap from dumb jerks who know everything about nothing. Jordy, take it easy. You think you're so safe. So did I. Come on, Dwayne, you don't have AIDS. Not yet, but I'm HIV positive, and I got it from a chick. How do you like that? Come on, this isn't funny. No kidding. It's the truth. Oh, I, I love this scene, man. I loved it then. I love it now. And, and after, as I was saying, after watching this this episode again, I'm actually happy that they never showed the previous encounter between Joey and Dwayne to us back in the day. Because back then it gave me a feeling that even though Dwayne only told Joey, that he still trusted Joey. So I thought that was awesome. So way to, way to ruin it, America. Bloody hell. Anyway, we cut to the next morning as students are arriving. Dwayne shows up as uh, Amy and Allison are shocked and mumbling to each other. Because that's what they do. As now it's apparent that the entire school knows that Dwayne is the one with HIV. He arrives at his locker where Tabby is and he greets her. Putting his hand on her arm. Tabby jumps back, tells Dwayne not to touch her. Dwayne tells Tabby that he can't give it to her by touching. And he reminds her that it's me, Shorty. And they've been friends since the second grade. But Tabby continues to back off. And she's nearly in tears. And she tells Dwayne that she can't see him like this and she runs off. Dwayne then slams his locker door shut, dumps his books into a nearby garbage bin. He storms out and leaves school grounds. Meanwhile, science class is about to begin as the twins are still congratulating Lucy on her election victory. Mr. Webster arrives and he gives the students envelopes with information to go over with their parents. The students ask what it is, but Webster will not tell them at first until they pressure him, asking, well, what's the big mystery? Webster reveals that Degrassi will be closed down next year for the entire school year. And students will be placed in different high schools throughout the city, which upsets the students as it's going to be their senior year. Like they were not cool with it, especially if it's your senior year and you got to go to a new school and you're going to be just scattered. Oh, yeah. 
brutal, brutal, brutal. But anyway, later on, Lucy and Bronco are with Mr. Radish to get more information about the school closure. Radish tells them that the building is in dire need of repair, that it's freezing in the winter and it's an oven in the summer, which Bronco agrees with. Lucy is upset about why they even went ahead with the elections, and Radish says that they didn't even know at the time, but they only found out basically today. And he tells them that if it's any consolation, he's also being reassigned. I, I felt bad for Radish as well, man. Oh, Radish is a great principal, and he was a great teacher back in junior high. And we then cut to the halls where Joey is sitting with wheels and snake. You're right. I like her. I want to go to the formal with her. I bet we'll be in different schools next year. I may never see her again. There she is. Um, Caitlin. Hi. Hi. Um... I was wondering if you had a, a date for the formal yet. See you later. <laughs> you see, the reason why I'm asking is, um, well, seeing as this place is closing down, and it is the last dance, so I was wondering if you would like to go to the formal with me? Um, I... I don't really know. Um, um, look, it's no problem. I understand. Oh, well, wait, I didn't say no. I just said, um, I don't know. It's different. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> All right. Um, well, look, my, my, my car kind of bit the biscuits. Um, Maybe I could rent a limo. I could come pick you up at your place. No. And... No. Well, why not? Um, I think it's better if we just meet here. Okay, well, where do you want to meet? Here. Oh. <laughs> okay, um... Okay, we're going to the dance. Great. Well, I'll see you here, then. I'll tell you, this was awesome for the following reasons. Number one, seeing the zits sitting together, all three of them. And secondly, the shot of Joey on the ground while Caitlin was pretty much like on a on a balcony was like something out of the classic Romeo and Juliet stuff. So I like the way they shot that. And number three, the big part in Joey's hair <laughs> due to wearing that hat all the time. <laughs> and number four, Caitlin saying yes. So screw you, Claude. Anyway, but I, I would still have preferred closure on Snake and Melanie. And maybe even Snake and Melanie going in the formal. So, come on, writers. How, how, God, Snake and Melanie, come on, man. Anyway, and uh, Melanie, we hardly saw her in the spring and high. I mean, yeah, I know I understand new school. You have to introduce new students and stuff. But come on, everybody loved the Melanie character. And they, they did, they just did her such a disservice, man, in Degrassi High. Just not cool at all. Anyway, later on, classes end, and Tabby approaches Joanne and asks her if she's seen Dwayne. Joanne says she hasn't, and she heard about him, and she's shocked. Tabby asks Joanne if it's true that Dwayne isn't dangerous, 
And she's worried that she, what she says, what if I sat in the same seat that he sat in? And can he can she also get it because of that? Because we were stupid back in the day. Joanne assures Tabby that you can that you cannot get AIDS from a sitting in a chair that somebody with AIDS sat in. And then you can talk to people with HIV. You can shake their hand, you can hug them. She then tells Tabby that she's tired of how people get with AIDS get treated by people like Tabby. And she storms off. And I love this because it was the start of Tabby's face, Tabby's uh, face turn. And for those unaware, uh, baby face, face turn is wrestling lingo for good guy, whereas heel is bad guy. So it was the start of Tabby, even though, you know, it's, you know, too little, too late. But hey, at least it happened. Tabby turning uh, baby face, which I like because she was another one of the Degrassi girls I crushed on. With her with her dips and her peanut butter was awesome. Anyway, we then cut to prom night as students are arriving. The DJ plays another song as Radich is standing there with the biggest fake smile, <laughs> wishing that he was DJing again. <laughs> it was funny. I love seeing Radish standing there when, what, at the, uh, the, the grassy junior high, at the, 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 the dance where the Zit Remedy performed, Radich was the DJ, and then the grade 8, graduation dance he was the dj and then all of a sudden he becomes principal a much higher position you'd think he would be the dj again but no he got taken away from him but what you gonna do uh poor rock and radish anyway we cut back to outside as yik arrives arm in arm with tessa Dwayne arrives alone he stops outside the school doors and he looks inside he takes a deep breath and he heads in and he heads to the coat check area as students start backing away from him Amy and Allison then approach, complaining that both of their dates came down with the flu. <sighs> sure they did. <laughs> when they spot Dwayne, Allison is shocked that Dwayne is there and that he showed up tonight. And she says that it's tacky and it's going to totally ruin her night, you friggin' clown idiot girl. Anyway, students continue staring at Dwayne when he quickly takes off down an empty hallway as Tessa remarks that she feels bad for him, she says, poor guy. So at least Tessa's not a piece of garbage. Tessa's a good girl. Even though, uh, you can't really say she did Alex wrong. They never did anything. <laughs> Just saying. We never saw them do anything. Anyway, Dwayne enters a boy's washroom and he stands alone up against the wall. Tabby and Nick show up together, followed by Joey and Snake, who are with Michelle. Well, Snake is with Michelle, but Joey's with them. They look around for Kaylin, but she's not there. And Joey says that Kaylin is always late. Wheels then, well, Kaylin, well, Snake and Michelle then head into the to the boogaloo. Wheels greets Joey and remarks about how nervous Joey is. Joey says that if he messes up, he may never get another chance. Next generation. Wheels tells Joey to relax and to trust him, which freaks Joey out because every time they say trust, trust me. It always goes sour. Well, this is Wheels we're talking about. He had one hell of a downward spiral before uh, smartening out for the time being school's out. Anyway, we cut to the dance where we see Tim dancing with Liz. Heather's dancing with Dickhead Dale, which I found surprising when Heather was on the opposite side of that argument. But, alright, I guess it's it's the formal and everyone all is forgiven. And Arthur's dancing with Kathleen. No Melanie anywhere. Not cool. Joey, meanwhile, is still with wheels out in the halls, waiting for Kaylin. And Joey thinks that Kaylin isn't going to show when we hear a girl say, Hi, Joey. 
but it isn't Caitlyn. <laughs> that is the worst friggin' viewer gotcha scene in the Grassy Universe history. That was just hi Joey. I, God, <laughs> but it was funny as well. Oh, that's so uh, hi Joey. Joey's just like oh, she's not gonna come. Hi Joey. Oh, it's not her. <laughs> oh, writers. <laughs> Anyway, Joey says that he's going to go check his hair and he heads to a washroom that he thinks will be empty. He enters the washroom where he finds Dwayne. Are you okay? Are you drunk? I, uh, didn't see you during exams. I didn't take them. What's the point? I'm only gonna die, right? We're all gonna die someday. Well, some of us are going sooner than others. You never know when they're gonna find a cure, Dwayne. Save it, Jeremiah. I told my parents. My dad was mad, just like I thought. Mom was decent. She cried. At least they know now. Back in the day, this was the scene when I thought Dwayne was going to ask Joey if Joey was the one who told everybody. But obviously... It wasn't. I don't. They didn't. They've never explained how anybody, how the school found out. Maybe the doctor that Dwayne went to told somebody. But how? Or maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Penny, the girl that Dwayne got the HIV from, told somebody that yeah, I have uh, HIV and uh, I ended up giving it to somebody who who now goes to Degrassi High. Maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. You have to think for yourself. What I'd like to think is Snake and Melanie. Anyway, we cut back to the lobby as Caitlin arrives, but she doesn't see Joey anywhere. And she gets angry. She got that uh, Caitlin angry as hell face suddenly. She and Maya decide to wait. And then we go back to the boys' washroom. Well, uh, look, I, I gotta get out of here. Um, are you gonna stay in here all night or what? I thought I could handle it. I see them staring at me. See them talking. This was my school too. I wanted to be here tonight. Like a funeral, you know? Don't let them do this to you. I used to like it when people were afraid of me. But this is different. Dwayne, come on. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. They're the jerks. You've got just as much right to be here as anyone else. Look, I gotta get out of here. Um, how do I look? Pretty studly, huh? Sure, given what you've got to work with. Thanks. Oh, I loved it, man. Hogan Andre, baby. Uh, the once enemies becoming buds. It was great. Loved this scene. Why couldn't they go one more season for crying out loud? Anyway, we cut back to the dance where students are dancing. 
and Caitlin is getting impatient. She assumes Joey stood her up, and she turns to leave when Joey shows up, and Caitlin's angry as hell face instantly becomes happy, and she's happy to see him. She says that she was late, and Joey says, well, of course you were, you're always late. They greet each other and talk about how good, well, Joey says Caitlin looks awesome, and Caitlin doesn't say anything about Joey, so come on, Caitlin, that's not cool at all. Anyway, they greet, and Bronco takes over the DJing in the gym, and he plays a slow song. Caitlin and Joey take to the dance floor as Dwayne is still in the washroom. He fixes himself up, takes a deep breath, and he heads to the gym. And then he enters the gym. And Nick and Tabby are there dancing, and when they see him, Nick wants to leave, but Tabby says that she's staying. And Nick tells Tabby that it's her funeral, and he takes off because he's a douche. Tabby walks up to Dwayne and asks him if he wants to dance, which Dwayne smiles and accepts. They take to the dance floor where everyone is dancing, and the music was choking me up back then. It was choking me up the the, the day when I watched this to take notes for Degrassi Buddy. Ah, just this music knowing it was over and seeing Dwayne being accepted back into the Tabby crew and Tabby going babyface. We see Trish, the Mohawk girl, ask Radish to dance. Michelle and Snake kiss on the dance floor. Wheels is dancing with Spike, who, uh, yeah, I guess her family thing, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever, anyway, and Joey and Caitlin kiss as the credits roll, and I get pissed and ask the writers, why couldn't we just have one more season and maybe even get Melanie and Snake? I will hark on that forever. Anyway, that was Degrassi High. The series finale, one last dance. <sighs> At least Canada's Joni and Chachi got back together. <sighs> Should have been Melanie and Snake, but what you gonna do? Anyway, that was that. Join me next week for the second to last episode of Degrassi Buddy. Next week we will be recapping, that's right, the Schools Out movie. Yeah, the Schools Out movie, which was great. Oh, I love that movie. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And following that, which will be the Grassy Buddy episode 25, we're going to do like an epilogue. I'm going to discuss uh, what happens with these characters in the future, meaning next generation, for those who don't know. And even for those who don't know, I'm going to remind you what happens in next generation with uh, these old school characters. Maybe some uh, more harping or harking on you know, how Melanie was done to service. Talk about other characters. But yeah, we're going to go at least two more episodes. Before we get to Bayside Buddy, the Saved by the Bell podcast, that was, this was, I am Nerby. This was Degrassi Buddy. Serialandgrapejuice.com. I am Nerby on Twitter. I am Nerby on Instagram. I am also Nerby in that Degrassi writing room telling them, hey man, get back to work. Season 3 of Degrassi High, the Snake and Melanie season. Just like that. Uh, Go there. Nerby, I am Nerby, Twitter, Instagram. SerialandGrapejuice.com, the Grassy Buddy available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course SoundCloud at SerialandGrapejuice.com. And join me next week, next time, for the recap of the excellent Schools Out movie. And we will see you then. <laughs>